And like Roy Jones said, I said, y'all must have forgot. Y'all must have forgot. Y queremos Palestina. Libre y libre y libre y viva, viva Palestina. The civil war has been quite fruitless. It's a people defending themselves against a fascist government. Now the revolution has got to be perfect. It's got to be flawless. Well, that isn't my criteria. This is EMP, the podcast on the Public Pulse News Network. I am Amin TMK. Uh, we are bringing you leftist news. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, maybe maybe the inner city left news, something like that, something like that. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, you know them, you you love them, or maybe you hate them. I, I don't know exactly what how you feel, but you're listening, so you must at least know them. Uh, yeah, Lil Tanky. Whether they love us or hate us, they clocking, right? Drop a dime on the exactly, exactly, exactly. Lil Tanky, that could, who you just heard. Uh, follow him on Instagram at Lil Tanky, that could. And also we have Keita the Muscle. We have a lot to discuss today. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to um, Lil Tanky. Um, what, what you got for us today, uh, my friend? Yeah, so I feel like one of the things to talk about for sure, right, is Amnesty International, a group that normally pretty much only ever talks shit about African leaders. Amnesty International has declared that the leader of blah is a war criminal, right? Well, these motherfuckers finally took a shot at some Europeans, straight up came out, and uh, along with other organizations, has finally said straight up that what the nation of Israel is doing as it relates to its treatment of Palestinians constitutes apartheid. Why is this such a fucking... That's that's one of the things I hate about this world, man. You could do shit, but if you label shit shit, that's the more problematic shit, right? Being a racist is not necessarily a problem, but someone saying you're a fucking racist, that's the problem. Yeah, I'm definitely not racist, so don't get it twisted. Amnesty International, they really some trash, man. They're, they're really just, some trash, yeah, but that's a real shot. We always watch the UFC, and it's like right. all of these fighters who don't like each other right. come together because Dana White is so much worse. Why does uh, Jake Paul kind of like be someone you want to root for? Because he's talking shit about Dana he's White. He's talking about Dana White, who's way, way worse. So I think that's interesting with Amnesty International. I think it's a strong statement because it's the strongest state. It's a stronger statement than any president since Carter has made. Now, Carter did make a book called Peace, Not Apartheid. Great fucking book. If you have not read it, you should read it. Uh, and then pass. I just wanted to give a little background kind of on what is going on in Palestine and what's sort of been transpiring transpiring. You know, we had a Sheikh Jarrah, which was um, a village in the West Bank that was that I don't know what you call it when people just run in people's houses and kick them out. And then they like now own the house. Like, yeah, right. That's yeah. settler shit. Wild yeah. shit. Cowboy well, shit. That's wild cowboy shit. Right. So that's happening in a historic neighborhood. I mean, right. it, we're not, I don't want to say it's ancient because it's not quite that old, but it goes back to the fucking Roman Empire. Yeah. I mean, thousands of years old. It definitely was there. Like many of these houses that they remove have been there pre-World War One, at least. You know what I mean? Right. So like the people who have been there have been there since pre-World War One. You know, so like these houses are you're right. They do have historical. Right importance. I mean, this shit is as old as the fucking Byzantine Empire. It's not quite Bible times, but shit, they go back a thousand fucking years. So basically, basically, what happens is you have some some dude from fucking uh, Staten Island who's never been to Israel in his life until the last, you know, 18 months 
they go to, you know, Israel, which is a white ethno state. He's a, this person is a white Jewish person from New Hi, York. Hi, Senator Lieberman. And you just walk in and you just say, this house is mine now. And then you are now have the full arm of the IDF, which is one of the most, uh, if not the most proficient police force at anti-protest, like, like domestic uh, surveillance, these kind of things. So you have the full force of the Israeli, the IDF, which the IDF has the full support of the American government. And so, if you resist this shit, you, you, your name is on a fucking watch list, even though it's your fucking house. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so this, like you said, this don't change from Donald Trump to Joe Biden to Bill Clinton to Barack Obama to the, any of the Bushes to, like you said, you got to go back to Carter before this was a conversation. So, you know, again, when we talk about, like, the differences between a Trump or a Biden or a Bernie Sanders— Oh, all of them are pro-Israel, and all of them yeah, are— from a foreign policy point of view, there's no significant change. It's just the reality. If anything, these days, Republicans are a little bit less hawkish. Any thoughts? Yeah, I got to. I, I think this goes back to what we've talked about before, which is why identity politics is not good activism or organizing. Because, of course— um, Israel is already now saying like, hey, we read that 211 page report and we read all of Amnesty International's other reports and they're all anti-Semitic. And it's like, okay, but that doesn't erase that you are oppressing the Palestinian people and you're ruining their lives. Like you being Jewish is not like a deterrent to the actions that you have absolutely taken in order to control this plot of land given to you by other white people. And like this is, I think, also part of that kind of conversation that says, you know, because Israel and now other people who are are in support of the uh, Israeli state um, and Zionism is that they're now going to be like, well, Amnesty International, we looked way back we saw all their tweets and like this is how we know that they're anti-semitic and then of course people are going to focus on that identity politics argument rather than being like okay but the palestinian people need help right now and like we're diminishing the help that they need by misclassifying whatever words you want to use where israel's like it's not occupation it's like stewardship it's like the, the how the united states does it's not war or attacks or bombings it's lethal aid and it's like okay we're not going to like play semantic games on what's happening to real people's lives. Yeah, I mean, it's like the misinformation that happens like all all, all the time. You know, we talked about the quote unquote lethal aid. I mean, that's just a ridiculous, like again, language. People get so caught up in language, they're unable to do praxis or any sort of real activism because it's like, well, the language is what matters. So you have lethal aid. And do you think... Uh, Think CNN pushed back on that language? Yeah, they no, they didn't. But nobody's really like oh, Israel's pushing back against apartheid because they're saying, "Well, because we're Jewish, how dare you compare us to a South African um, nation state and what they did to people?" And it's like, um, okay, but your actions are that. Like even when we talked about it with the um, internment camps, that you know, absolutely, the United States government was putting Latin A people in, and people were like, "Well, you can't call it internment camps. It's just like." you know, illegal houses or something like that. And it was like, no, it's it's internment camps. We can call it what it is because, like, those are the actions that you're taking and, and us trying to rhetoric our way out of this to soften it. I, 
I'll get into that. Well, to more the later. South African point, uh, Israel historically was the biggest ally of South Africa. It was the United States of America and fucking Israel to the point where they traded military technology to think that they didn't pick up cultural cues on how to subordinate a fucking uh, a population, especially a population that outstrips your own population density. Like it's truly it would be ridiculous to assume that they did not do these things. They work with South Africa very closely. Right. And but I mean, the critics also are claiming that the report shows bias because, well, you didn't mention how the violence that Israeli civilians are facing. Exactly the scenario means said, oh, you came into a Palestinian's home, said it was your home now yeah, and they tried violence. to kick you out. And then you're like, oh, well, they did the violence against me. I'll never love again. And again, you have the ability to be like, I'm not breaking the law. Okay, the law says I am entitled to this house, right? For all of those people that never seem to understand why the framing of legal and illegal is irrelevant and not quite the same thing as moral and immoral. Great points, you know, and and like you're going to need a lot of a lot big police force, a big defense force. You know what I'm saying? That's why we always talking about sort of the IDF, the IDF trains American police. I don't know if you guys remember way, way back. This was like maybe 2020. You know, there was a movement called the Defund the Police Movement. I remember that. Hmm. Way way back in the day, back in the day, we used to say defund the police and that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's an old school kind of thing. Um, But I just wanted to say, uh, we had a podcast talking about how police shootings are underreported. Right. Like, do you remember that one? You know, go back Mm. and check it. It was really good. I thought it was really good. So over the last 365 days, 945 people have been shot and killed by the police in the past year. If you're thinking to yourself, wow, that's that's a lot. That's like two and a half people the police shoot and kill every single day in the United States. And I just I know we've already talked about this a little bit, but it's very important, you know, because you're going to have these elections coming up. I know the D.C. mayor election is going to be coming up very soon. And if you know, we want these candidates to go back like we I think the problem is man, we talk about the Overton window, like what we can and should ask for. And I know we did a tanky Tuesday and having a conversation about the abolish the police. And of course, I think I you know, of course, I agree with that. You know, it's like uh, Angela Davis said, defund is the language of abolish. but you know, like you have to have these candidates have to be for defund the police or like you just can't vote for them. Like, I think this goes back to like the whole Democratic Party. Like nobody is interested in stopping this. And I just wanted to go. Over Ideology this. has to supersede these parties. The, I, man, I love that. I love that your ideologies have to supersede these parties. And I just wanted to talk a little bit more because we talked about, OK, so 945 people um, have been shot and killed. And I just wanted to bring this up because this is a jarring stat. And I have not seen it before, but I just wanted to say this. Out of those 7,000 that have been shot and killed by the police, 6,644 are men. And that is mainly um, the biggest group is uh, 20 to 34. Uh, And you're going to see also, of course, that um, the the higher ratio is for black men, uh, followed by indigenous men. And um, uh, Latina people. So I just wanted to throw that out there because that's the stats here. Right. I do want to jump this in because this is one of the things that I have to debate uh, a lot of alt-right people with all the time. And they're like, well, the number of white men out 
outpaces the number of black men. And that is true unless you look at percentage, right? Unless you're looking at per capita, right? This is where the this is where it changes. When you're looking at black people being 12% of the population, right? The percentage that we make up for the amount that are killed far outpaces the amount of white men. Well, I was going to say cuz I felt like um the reason you brought this up was because a young Democratic member of Congress declared defund the police movement dead on Thursday. And again, we're going to identity politics and why it won't save us is that, of course, black Democratic mayors from major metro areas like San Francisco, even in D.C., are moving to increase police budgets just to rein in criminals and how that's um, like how people are still against crime and people want to be safe. And how that rhetoric of don't you want to be safe is often is always racialized. But I'm not the enemy. And I'm definitely not racist. So don't get it twisted. It, it's kind of part, part of the American propaganda. I don't feel safe around the police. Yeah. And that the police aren't safe for people. But because people want to protect their property. Um, and there's all these reports that crime has gone up. And it's kind of like, OK, but how are you reporting those crime statistics? I need to look at your methodology. Um, but that it is black mayors who are saying, like, oh, well, we have to increase the budgets because we don't want to be soft on crime and how that's always been American slogan to rein in protesters, to rein in people who are really trying to fight for their rights, um, to rein in all of these union protests. And it's kind of like, OK, but those get classified as crimes against against corporations, but corporate corporate crimes against individuals don't always count as crimes. Yeah, I mean, I just want to remind you that a black man was killed in Minneapolis this fucking weekend on another no-knock warrant. This is the same shit that got Breonna Taylor murdered. You know what I'm saying? Murdered by law enforcement. And we have to say this because Breonna was not convicted of a crime. She wasn't even suspected of a crime. Yeah. And her life was taken. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the news is not reporting these same deaths that are happening, you know, in the same ways. And I just wanted I, I mentioned all of that, you know, to say, because, like, again, you you know, we're not a fan of the Democrats. And I'm definitely not a fan of Joe Biden. We said this early when even it was becoming. We're going to push him to the left. All you motherfuckers need to push yourselves off a fucking cliff. I did nothing wrong. Where are the push you to the left people? Where did they go, man? They are we gone. We see you motherfuckers, man. We see you motherfuckers. We called this shit. So I just want to, because this is an article. Of course, it's a propaganda article. It's on Yahoo News. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that this is real, but I just wanted to, of course, I'm going to extrapolate what I can. So this is Biden, okay? This is Joey B speaking from headquarters of the New York Police Department. Uh, Thursday. This is like four days ago. Okay, he's he, he, uh, in a speech. He signaled the beginning of a new partnership between his administration and local law enforcement nationwide. Local law enforcement nationwide unveiling a new Department of Justice initiative to crack down on gun crime and pushing for hundreds of million dollars in increased funding for de- police departments. Biden said six NYPD officers have been victims of go gun violence this year. Six. Compared to how many Americans that have been killed in extrajudicial murder? We we over 
40 this year. He's a fucking segregationist. That's all he ever was. It's all he's capable of being. But and how, Democrats are apologists. That's what I'm saying. Democrats are apologists. This is why I don't believe in the two-party system, because one of the Philadelphia mayor, not one of, there's only one Philadelphia mayor, Nutter uh, had this quote. He says, we have to disabuse people of this flawed premise that black and brown people are against the police. Black and brown people are against police abuse. And Nutter is black. But I'm like, no, I'm against the police as an institution. We do not need those. They were created to corral enslaved peoples and bring them back to slave like white slave owners. Slave codes. So like, and now they're here to protect white property primarily, and that white property is owned by corporations. But Nutter is like, you know, we have to do complicated things as Democrats because we got to ensure public safety and then reform the abuses of the criminal justice system. And it's kind of like, yeah, but your communities have given you those the ways that reform can happen, but also the ways that like, hey, if you quit giving them money like the Americans give the military its budget, this is how the money can be used. It can be used to like protect people's safety in this time of the pandemic. It can be used to really radically re-envision our healthcare system to make people to make sure people aren't afraid to get the care that they need. It can go back into education because our schools are failing. And of course, Democrats are just kind of like party line. Well, we believe in public safety and the only way to keep you safe is to increase what's become a militarized budget they're not even they're not even uh repealing all of the the laws that trump put into place that make it impossible to even read about this shit historically i mean i go back to rage against the machine man we don't gotta burn the books we just remove yeah okay, right? speaking of yeah. removing books uh i'm sure everybody's heard about the buck bans that have happened this has been a republican platform lately um and they always do it under the auspice of we have to protect the children i don't necessarily want to talk about the book bans really what i want to talk about is which relates to everything we talked about in the podcast earlier and in previous podcasts is how this protect the children kind of becomes a way to sanitize what happens historically. And of course, you know, people kind of look at the book bans as like, oh, yeah, children really shouldn't be subjected to like extreme violence or extreme sexual content. And then, of course, but there's like cognitive dissonance there, because by sanitizing the history, children went through the Holocaust. Children were enslaved in the United States. Native and indigenous children were subjected to attempted genocide and the loss of like whole swaths of their land that they have not gotten back. And because of the sanitization of history, um, and all of this talk about misinformation in this era as well, and how folks really don't recognize how these two things are combined. You're sanitizing history. So once people find out like, hey, actually all the credit that we gave to white men really belongs to these black women and black men and native indigenous peoples. And and this is global. So like how, what the Palestinians contributed to our cultural history and our mathematics and how all of that gets erased. And then people are like, well, it's misinformation. And then how that grows this distrust of what's happening around particularly our governments, and then how we get to the place where we are now, where people are like, I have absolutely no idea what to believe. I'll believe whatever it's told to me. And this is why we emphasize do your own research, because we can't be the arbiters of truth. We can't give that to one singular person. And you shouldn't want that. Yes, and you shouldn't want that. But it also affects learning because, you know, like sometimes there's always these jokes about generational divides and oh, what does Gen Z want? I don't believe in generational names. I just feel like it's a way it's another kind of ad 
ad stream, right? They're trying to identify another audience to sell you ads. But that affects their learning and the way they approach and have empathy with other people. And when we're, <laughs> Tinky always talks about this, having to be in cars with Ubers, and then suddenly you realize, oh, man, I'm with the Trumper. And still <laughs> having to find the language, right? Because here's the thing. We talk about it all the time. You got more in common with the average motherfucking citizen in Iran than you do the fucking leader of whatever your political party is. You have more in common with the average worker in fucking China than you do with whoever your fucking elected official is. So even when you in the fucking cars with these people, like, there's some shit, man. Why are food costs going up? Why are wages fucking stagnated? These are things where we can find common ground and shit. Again, coalition building. And I'm not saying coalition with these motherfuckers, but sometimes the coalition is simply a conversation for five minutes. This is the time that we can uh, build something. I love that we're talking about coalitions because it's really been my focus over the last few months. You know, we always have these arguments on the internet and I'm like tired of having them. Like we have our Instagram, right? So, so of course we all three contribute to the Instagram. The Instagram pretty much goes every day because there's just way too much news. You know what I'm saying? So, so anyway, follow us on public pulse uh, news because you're going to be able to get way more, especially because we've been talking a lot about uh, book bans and, you know, all the things that are happening, but I'm so glad you brought up coalitions because there's two things I think for me personally, when I talk about coalitions, like who are the people that I want to be, you know, uh, moving forward with. And I think two of the big things, two of the big issues that I have that are definitely a part of what you need to like be a part of my coalition, at least in terms of how my movement is working is, uh, reparations for black people and land back for the indigenous Mm, community. Now, if you're not going to talk about the history of the United States, which is the most violent empire in human history. It is built out of genocide and enslavement of people. You're not going to be able to learn these, or not at least, of course, they're banning books, but the point is they don't, they want to ban critical race theory. Like, that's their whole thing. Critical race theory is dividing us. They want to ban critical thought. And I say that because we are all listening to the audio book of 1984, and it talks exactly about this, about how, like, if you put out information and then you realize that you want to change that information, all you got to do is destroy all the other copies. And when we talk about, like, an increasingly digitized world, what does that mean? Mm. Uh, Because... Amazon absolutely has done that with the Kindle. Business on Amazon, where they've been like, DRM. "Oh, well, technically, we didn't have the rights to sell you this book, so we just took it off." And how um, that also happened with the Nook, because the Nook ended up going in for brand reasons, going in and replacing all of the words of Kindle because it's associated with Amazon. And guess what? That happens. We have other words that have Kindle in it, kindled like a fire, and all you would see in that book was Nooked, and it was like, "What the hell is going on here?" But that's like part of that misinformation that we talk about. And it happens on our IG because our, a few, I won't even say, several of our posts, our stories have been flagged because it's like, well, this is misinformation and it doesn't follow community guidelines. And and we do not try to intentionally misinform anybody, right? We, we'll let you know, like, what's our opinion? What's the research that we did? Kind of what's our analysis of the facts? But what I love about the three of us is, is if you present information, we hope you don't do that in an angry manner. Manner. We're not really receptive to that kind of like 
aggressive, uh, check like cancel culture kind of vitriol. But if you come at us and say like, hey, I don't think that's entirely correct. Like, here's my research and things like that. Not just trying to be like, you need to do your research. We're not here for that bullshit. I hope your whole fucking year is spectacular. But how we really do are receptive and adaptive to new facts. And, and like, that's what blows my mind about this is because it's kind of rejecting like that children are open and aware and receiving new learning, new facts and we, how we absolutely inhibit that kind of critical thought and critical assessment of their own world by banning books and by saying like, well, we have to protect the children so we can't let them know that we enslaved people, but we'll just let them know it's kind of like it'll hurt. It'll hurt <laughs> Timmy's feelings if he understood that his great great granddaddy wasn't really a genius in business right. he just trafficked yeah. Yeah. fucking human fucking beings yo have you ever seen uh you know i know you don't watch futurama but uh have you ever seen king of the hill what are your thoughts on king of the hill just square quickly you hate it do you love it are you in the it's middle? not really for me mike judge you know beavis and butthead and then daria that was his great contributions there's a there's this thing with uh bobby hill you know and like you know of course they live in a community with a lot of indigenous people and uh, you know, of course, they're like talking about, um, you know, like, uh, you know, an indigenous genocide, of, you know, and, you know, uh, Bobby's like, what? White people did all that? This is the first I'm learning of this. This is the first I'm learning of this. And this is like, this is what I think, like, they're trying to stop, right? You want to protect the kids because now then Bobby kind of goes on a journey of like, you know, his little anti-whiteness yeah. journey and all that good stuff. You, 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 if you've seen the show, you know. It's not super radical, but I thought that moment was, they have some good stuff in there. They do, they do. But it's also like the focus on like, okay, the white person really kind of has to realize how they did everything wrong and like, oh, they come to Genesis. Meanwhile, Native Indigenous children right now are living in conditions in which like in Canada, they don't really have access to groceries and, and, and clean, safe drinking water. In the United States, that means like they can't get their land back. It's being, or their land is actively being polluted as is the case with Hawaii with the oil spills um, and the constant like uh, contamination of the groundwater. Like these are the conditions in which they have to live right now. But the focus is and that's why it's like, yes, we got to focus on a lot of other things. Um, but the book bans always try to center Republicans in their rhetoric of trying to protect the children and how that is absolutely no, I'm just right the Republicans because Democrats are enabling no, this shit true. too. That's true. Absolutely true because they also want to protect the children and, but they still contribute to defund Funding libraries right. and, and access to materials. You're absolutely right. Um, I just wanted to say, like, you know, I see this thing. I don't know if you see it on the Internet. Like people say things like, um, like, oh, what you guys angry about today? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what you upset about today? A lot. And look, I'm going to tell you right now, I live a very joyous life. Like I, I probably live one of the more joyous lives in the world. I'm, I'm playing video games. I'm, you know, I'm, I, of course, I'm not committing Eating crimes. damn good food. Whipping and okay. flipping the yams in the kitchen, you know. And but I, but I do see this thing where I see people like, "Oh, what you angry about today?" Like, like you can't just like try to move through the world without like empathy. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. It's like, what are you, what are you angry about today? Is like code for apathy, right? Like, oh well, you know, like critical race theory is like a politicized thing but it's like a very real like we always talk about lenses right like critical race theory is like a lens that's like very important to look at every single aspect of american culture and really you know anti-blackness is worldwide so every single aspect of of really anything because critical race theory is the conversation that is, is surrounding that so and i think that this is like now what the language is like anytime remember like in the beginning with antifa like i couldn't hashtag antifa because like then 
all of these people kind of come in and like, you know, swarm right. upon your page. Like, this is the new shit that you can't hashtag because if you do that, everybody's going to like swarm on your page. Like, oh, CRT and all that stuff. So like, again, if you're going to be interested in coalitions and you're going to be interested in like pushing the movement, like these are all things that got to at least remain on your mind. You know, we're talking about free Palestine and, you know, the geopolitics surrounding that. We're talking about defund the police. Now we're talking about, you know, the banning of books. Like these are the things that you should care about and you can still have a joyous life and have lots of fun but you know it's not that we're just angry all the time we are happy all the time but like also what's the shit's like yeah i uh i enjoy research and being an asshole sometimes like that's just the way our life is i love that they be on y'all with that bullshit because what you so angry about where you asked a tanky man <laughs> you serious I'm mad that your mom misrepresented the fucking level of her head game, bro. I thought this shit was going to be much more. Final round. Yo, man, yo. Fuck the Olympics. Fuck the Olympics? But why, though? Nah, because they're in China. Fuck oh, the Olympics. Okay, in general. I was like, wait. Because but... fuck the Olympics, man. I mean, this is the most ableist bullshit, elitist, superhuman, I am the pinnacle of human. Fuck that shit, man. Yeah, you want to show it some love because it's in China, but at the end of the day, it's still some bullshit. For no money, man. Look, I'm not for anybody doing pinnacle of the fucking art sports for fucking free. I, no, I don't think they should do it for free. I think they should absolutely get paid. But I do like watching man, NCAA, look at that shit. Like, these niggas spitting. <laughs> I ain't paying oh, nobody Lord. shit. But they should get paid, um, which is fascinating because people are shitting on the Olympics because China reused buildings instead of trying to construct all yeah. their buildings. Again, why do, why do some people get to get paid, right? The athletes don't get to pay, but, but the motherfucking architect that's going to build all these stadiums is going to get paid. The workers just gonna build a stadium, gonna get paid something, yeah, not much. Not. But the athletes can't get paid? Fuck that and shit, fuck the Olympics. Still. Well, I guess it's in right? China, so COVID's not popping like that, but you're still bringing all these other people from super hotspots. Right. Yeah, Um. My, speaking of what- Watch curling. The fuck, winter <laughs> Olympics, get the fuck out. On a more sober note, uh, speaking of things that black people and marginalized communities have to face every day while folks are debating whether we deserve to be free and human in this world. Uh, HBCUs have been facing a wave of bomb threats across the US. This actually struck, kicked off in January and it's only escalated in February, likely because of Black History Month. Unfortunately, they haven't found any uh, explosive devices, but- Did you say unfortunately? No, I said fortunately. Oh. Damn, my bro. What the fuck you into, man? Okay. Okay, critical listening is also we a good public skill. would like to disavow <laughs> okay, the... Critical listening. Um, in good news, they have not found explosive devices. However, that does not eliminate the stress that happens when you realize you have to vacate a place that is meant to be a place of learning. And I say this as somebody who in high school, uh, in my junior and senior year, there were just a series of bomb threats, so much that um, tactlessly uh, we had like a slogan for it, but it, it became increasingly worse. And so now HBCUs are facing this. Um, just, you know, this is how you can coalition build and start right where you live. Support the HBCUs that are in your community. Um, help those students, your friends, your colleagues who are having to deal with these very racist, virulent threats and the escalating violence that all of our communities have to face against both the external world, but also from the police who are also supposed to help them, but aren't. 
All right, I have some salaciousy stuff to you know uh, <clears throat> to wrap us on up. Uh, Bill Maher, uh, Bill Maher was in the news. So, All um, right, yeah. my favorite liberal. <laughs> he's a favorite liberal. Yeah, uh, he's saying you know of course he's been very angry at things like counter cult. I mean, uh, cancel culture. He's very upset about you know the the left want to defund the police and Bill you know, Maher. Yeah, he's very upset, and he's saying you know I haven't changed. The left has changed. And that's a fucking fact. He has not changed. He's always been the fucking piece of shit that he is. I remember I was dating a girl. I'm like, I'm going to send no names because I'm a hoe. And, uh, you know, she had quoted me some Bill Mayer shit. And I'm like, it's like right then. I was like, this shit is probably yeah. not going to work. Ooh. This shit is probably Ooh. not going to work. Man, but talk about using change as a pejorative. The ability to change is one of humans' most amazing qualities. Look, man, it's the same shit we've been hearing from white men from the dawn of time. I would have been an activist, but you guys were mean to me, and now I'm a fucking radical uh, right-wing piece of shit. I, I, I hesitate to call an Ashkenazi Jew a Nazi, but he's a piece of shit. He's a right-wing piece of shit, he and he always has been. Though he's Jewish, though, for sure. Remember he had that uh, movie Religious, where he made fun of everybody's religion? That was the thing that he downsized. That's what he did. That's what he did. So, but I Bill Mayer is definitely Ashkenazi, right? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. he is. I think yeah, eth uh, well, ethnically, ethnically uh, Ashkenazi. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I but yo, do you remember we were watching something and I forget where it was, but they were talking about how the democratic uh, the democratic socialists were a central party. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. So you have the left. First of all, the left to these motherfuckers are Bernie Sanders, right? Like democratic right. socialism. So first of all, he's not even talking about defund the police and shit like that. Like that, he's like upset with like people like Bernie Sanders. So this lets you know like. Uh, remember we talked about like the Overton window, right? Like, right. okay, like in this, and in America, like this is where the political spectrum is. The left is the center for most countries. So uh, someone like Bill Maher, who's like considered quote unquote a liberal or like a good guy, like I'm sure Hillary Clinton would be like, oh yeah, he's, he's a good guy. You know, so like this party that you have, like that he supports the Democratic Party, like he's still incredibly to the right and his country is still incredibly to the right. And what was the things you said earlier that I was like on Little tanky. Ah, uh, you expect me to remember yes. shit that I said. You're bro. Damien. Why? Why don't you know look, that? Man, it's about ideal the, the ideology over party. Yeah, yeah. Your okay. ideologies have to succeed these uh, yeah. succeed, uh, uh you brilliant know, again. Supplant these uh these parties, man. And again, like elections is coming up. I'm not voting for nobody that's not talking about defund the police. Uh public pulse news on Instagram. Public Bing. pulse vibes on Instagram. Public pulse news on TikTok. Also Patreon.com slash public pulse. Be our friends. Give us some dollars so we can upgrade the studio. And you know, we uh we got lots coming up. You can follow us on YouTube. We we, we got some videos up on there. Uh, Public Pulse News. Yes, and just thank you to everybody who supports us, whether that's through the Patreon, whether that's through creating additional content that we are delighted by, whether that's hitting us up in the DMs and just being like, I can relate to this so hard word. We can do. Thank you, all of you, so much. Uh, key to the muscle, uh, Lil Tank, any final words for the podcast? I really want to watch curling. I'm sorry, I yeah. was wrong, and it was a thoughtless comment. Easy, I'm trying to do right. I'm, I mean, you know, now. Exactly. You know, respect. nothing more exhilarating than throwing a fucking rock on ice and scrubbing the fucking ice in front of it and watching 
the rock move. And uh, some of us need relaxing that sports. That shit's okay? great. You want stressful sports like, oh, you did a triple backflip. Oh, no, are you going to break your neck? Yeah, yep. I prefer the safety, the safety <laughs> of, of sports like you know, mini golf. You know what I mean? For personally. Um, so, yeah, uh, Public Pulse News. And, uh, you know, that's our podcast. We out. I hope your whole fucking year is spectacular. But I'm not the enemy. And I'm definitely not racist, so don't get it twisted. Woo, pew, 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 pew.